0: KLVZ and KLVZ HD Brighton, KLVZ FM on 94.3 and 95.3 and streaming at legends95.3.com. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys.
1: And welcome back, everybody, to the Garden Wise Show on Legends 810 with the Garden Wise Guys, Jim Borland and Keith Funk. I want to start off this hour with a new feature we have. It's called the Garden Wise Wise Advice. All right. And here it is today. An apple a day keeps anyone away if you throw it hard enough.
2: (laughs) All right. Thank you. Yeah. And oddly enough, that's a great segue into our next caller because Joe out in Lafayette wants to talk about apples. Yeah, I knew that. Good morning, Joe.
3: Morning. I have a little apple tree that was just loaded this year, and a lot of the little weak ones fell off. So the ones left look really good. Uh They're a little over an inch in diameter. But my question is: Is there anything I need to do at this point to protect them from, like any bug or whatever damage from the outside? I know squirrels and birds can attack them, but if they don't look like they're, uh, you know, have that coddling moth or anything, is there anything else I need to do to uh, get them to uh, ripening in good shape
1: Water. I would yeah I would say use a fruit spray
2: i was just trying to what would she be protecting them from though
1: um
2: yeah. it's too late to protect for coddling moth
1: i think they're still susceptible to if they're only that size
2: oh I thought they were uh, coddling moth had already finished it's Oh <sighs> well, they should life be cycle. yeah this
1: is the end of july It is they the should end of be july.
3: You're right yeah
2: You're right. they they go in the <laughs> blossom right no they they go in the fruit uh, <laughs> after it's just usually about a 10 days to two weeks after petal fall.
3: Okay, well, it's been longer than that. But anyway, they're a good inch in diameter. They look good all of them. I don't see any specks <coughs> on them or anything from bugs, but I just didn't know if there was something that might attack them at this point on through m- maturity.
1: Well, without actually seeing them, it's kind of hard to tell. But uh, my impression of uh, seeing people's apple trees, they typically don't do anything and one of the problems with that is that you're you get too many apples yeah and well, if you don't off. if you don't well there is a an apple drop in june that that happens normally anyway uh-huh. but that uh, with with well-grown trees that typically is not enough to get nice big apples you still have to go in later on
2: and uh, and thin them physically okay. to not more than two apples per cluster
3: okay okay but no real outside bug.
2: Not can't think of yeah. anything that you'd need to spray for this time of year, other than Japanese beetle maybe. But they're going to go mostly for the foliage rather yeah. than the fruit. Yeah.
3: Right. Okay, and then also another question. I think my I have some marigolds. I think they may be being eaten by grasshoppers. I saw one small grasshopper. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they,
1: grasshoppers first, like marigolds. Yep.
3: The first ones I planted just was a little stem left, so I replanted them, and these don't look real good. My question is: This sounds silly, but I have some ant and roach spray. I don't need a big package of that eight or whatever. Can I spray ant and roach spray? No. On
2: yeah, that's pretty potent stuff. Yeah, it's not designed to use on plants. It's designed to use on hard surfaces. Yeah.
3: Okay. Anything else I could spray? Kind of a home remedy thing to.
2: I don't like home deter remedies.
3: the ant, ant uh, grasshoppers.
2: You can buy the eight in a little trigger sprayer.
3: Oh, okay, and that should take care of
2: grasshoppers. Oh, absolutely. yeah.
3: Okay, okay. All right, well, thank you very much.:
2: You're welcome.
1: Thanks for mm-hmm. calling. Okay. Bye. You know, the nice thing about eight it not only protects what it is that you spray, but there's also a repellent property to it. That is that for instance, grasshoppers get anywhere close. Um, they just go away. They Their don't even spidey try to senses get alerted and yeah. they leave. <clears throat> yeah, it's not that they eat it and then die. Which would be nice, yeah. <laughs> and maybe some of them actually do that. I don't know, but um, they re, they're repellent. Because I'm I'm seeing on my grapes that it had been sprayed, except for the brand new growth. Um, Japanese beetles land, but don't feed, mm-hmm. and there aren't that many to begin with. So they're they're getting there and smelling it and going going away.
2: Exactly. And But the eight will, you know, when you spray it directly on the insect, it'll kill the insect. <coughs> if the insect yeah. does feed on the leaf that has been it's sprayed, it's, it acts as a stomach poison and will kill the insect. But like Jim said, I think the most valuable part is the preventative uh, or the, pr- the repellent. Repellent, yeah. So there you have it. Indeed. We've right, yeah, got we more collars. We do. Let's see here. Where are we at? Well, Kara. Okay, Kara, out in Highlands Ranch is next up. Good morning, Kara.
4: Good morning, Jim and Keith. How are you guys?
2: Okay, just wonderful. What's going on with you today?
4: Yeah, I was wondering if it's okay to plant a tree now, or should I be waiting until fall?
2: Oh, that's up to you. Um, if you're, if you're. Uh, what would I say? If, if you're good at watching the tree and, and making sure it gets watered when it needs it and that sort of thing, I prefer planting now rather than waiting till fall for a couple of different reasons. The tree has longer to root in before winter, and you'll have a better selection now than you will in the fall.
4: Okay. That's good to know. And what do you think the best, what's the best way to make sure that it is getting enough water when we do plant it?
1: Well, it's probably, uh, you're probably going to get it at ball and burlap.
4: Well, okay.
2: Yeah. Or container grown.
1: It could be container grown. That yeah. that depends on the tree and, and a little bit depends on you. Uh, I like them from the container, typically, number one, they're usually smaller. Uh, mm-hmm. Smaller trees. Oh, and the other thing about container tree, you get 100% of the roots that it ever had.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: When they're <coughs> bald and burlapped, uh, typically the uh, the observation is you get uh, something in the neighborhood of less than 10% of the roots.
5: Oh, goodness.
6: Just
1: when they dig it out of the ground. Uh And okay. then it has to be taken care of really uh, very well, especially in the nursery and then when you plant it, because you have to ensure that tree grows grows back 90% of its roots.
2: Now the nice thing about bald and burlap trees this time of year is that the nursery has had them since spring, because they're spring dug. Yep. And so those roots have regrown. And if you're looking at the tree right now in the nursery and it's got nice, healthy leaves and new growth and so forth, you know that that tree has recovered from that digging process.
4: Okay. All right. Well, that's very helpful. Thank you, guys.
1: Oh, and then how do you tell that it needs water once you have it planted? Um, Typically, we tell everybody the same thing year after year after year. Use your finger. I know stick, stick it I've been down doing in a
4: finger check with my yeah. uh, garden. So. Right, stick yeah. it
1: the, yeah, stick your finger into the root ball and uh, find out <coughs> just how how moist it is.
2: In a, a little five gallon pot <coughs> is going to require more frequent watering than say a great big giant bald and burlap tree. Okay. Simply because of the volume of soil that's getting watered. And
1: when you water, and I'm not talking to just you, our caller, everybody else out there, when you water, ensure that you water the entire root ball. And that means you probably are not going to go out there with a hose in hand. That's Mm -hmm. just not going to be enough water. Nobody stands there long enough to water a giant root ball.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah.
4: Um, Are those watering spikes? a good
2: idea I'm not a huge fan like the the root feeder type things. yeah yeah Uh, no I'm not (coughs) a huge fan typically people stick those things far too deeply into the ground and you're putting water under the roots rather than on top Um, I'd I'd rather see you have a little frog eye sprinkler that's running really low or you know yeah that's probably or if you're using a drip irrigation system you know especially on larger trees have uh, multiple drippers on one tree Mm-hmm. And then just ensure that the the system is running long enough to put down enough gallons. Yeah. Because typically you'll have the the drippers are one gallon per hour, so you have to leave it on for an hour to put down one gallon of water. And one
1: okay. gallon of water on a big tree ball is not very much.
4: Yeah. Well, I don't want to end up like Jim's uh, neighbors. So. Yeah, yeah.
2: Really. <laughs> I've I've been getting people uh, telling me that they've got their their drip system on three times a day for five minutes each time. And, and, and I'm, I'm asking why, this, and the reason typically is because they don't want the water to run off. Well, there's no way it's gonna be put down fast enough for the water to run off, and really all you're doing is encouraging a shallow root system because all the water stays up at the surface.
1: And you need to put a well, you know what I, say, what, what I mean when I say put a well around the root ball? when you plant so that when you do water if you water it by hand the water doesn't run off it stays within that that uh that root ball area
4: yeah yep
2: and there's nothing okay. wrong with watering it standing there watching it soak in you know and then water it some more fill up the well turn the water off stand there watch it soak in water it again that's not overwatering.
4: okay well i'll make sure that's something my son can do
2: Okay,
1: yeah. <laughs> no. but but watch him. You know, how old your son? I
4: know. He's he's actually he has a landscaping business.
1: So oh, okay. He knows better <laughs> than. All right. Yeah, yeah, he knows what to do.
4: <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys very much.
2: You're welcome. Thanks for your call today, Kara.
4: All right. Thanks. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting when you when you do water by hands. Sometimes you have to water. Three, four times, you know, within a, within a 10 or 15-minute period. You give it a good soak, let it soak in, give it another good soak. Mm-hmm. Keep doing that until you're sure the water's gotten all the way to the bottom of the root system. And then leave it alone until it's on the dry side again. Yep. So multiple waterings on one day is not overwatering.
1: No, it can be overwatering if you do that every day for three weeks in a row. That could be overwatering.
2: Yes. So there you go. It's frequency, not well, anyway. Uh let's see what else we got going here. We still have time for some more callers before the next break. And next up is going to be Pat in Arvada. Good morning, Pat. Or in Aurora, excuse me. Good morning. Hey, what's going on?
5: I've got a big old uh ash tree, it must be 67 years old, but it seems like it's losing its leaves a lot and and <clears throat> kind of like little twigs when the, the uh, wind blows.
1: Has it been pruned lately?
5: No, it's been a couple of years or so. Maybe more.
2: <laughs> the branches it's losing, are they small branches?
5: Yeah, just small little twigs. like.
1: Oh, if they're just tiny little twigs, I don't think I'd yeah. worry that much about it. If they were bigger branches, I would be concerned. Now we're going to get to the critical question there. Um, how were you watering this tree?
5: Uh, it was my sprinkler system, I guess, and then occasionally I will set up the, the little frog eyed thing sometimes and water it when okay. it's so hot
2: yeah, and, and tell it's sixty seven uh, years old
5: something like that it's an old it's a big old tree, but it's, it's a good shade tree
1: um, when your irrigation system waters, do you how long does it water and how many times a week
5: uh, About a half hour and uh, maybe uh, two or three times a week when it's so hot
1: mm-hmm Is that enough? Well, I'm kind of thinking it's not enough oh. with 90 degree weather. Yeah. With a tree that old.
2: Have you Have you measured how much water you're putting down at a time?
5: No, not really.
2: You might want to do that. It's It's a good exercise to go through once or twice a year, just to make sure your sprinkler system is is operating well and you're watering long enough. Uh-huh. Uh, but like Jim says, uh, cat food cans, tuna fish cans, anything, even a even a saucer. Um, like a a plant pot saucer that has straight sides, Uh Uh, set a couple of those out in the area when you're watering, and after that, go out after you water, go out with a ruler and measure how much water is in those straight-sided containers. Yeah,
1: how many inches or or portions of an inch?
2: And if there's half an inch of water in there after 30 minutes, you know you're putting down half an inch of water Uh per 30 minutes. Uh And if we're losing two inches of water a week, you know that you have to water four times that week to replace that much water. Oh, okay. So you don't think it
5: would need to be trimmed or anything, right now?
2: No, no. no I, boy,
1: no. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I'm, I'm a little shy because my neighbor, immediately north of me, had his two big ash trees topped. Oh. About two or three Ooh. years ago, mm-hmm. with a guy who climbed up the tree with. Climbing spikes. Oh no! And those okay. have been, if not outlawed, they've certainly not been advised for decades now. Mm-hmm. And um, and not only that, but both of these trees have not been watered at all. Now going into two years, and I'm just waiting. I think, in fact, I think I can see one of the trees is starting to fail already. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, they ju- they just need a lot of
2: water. Trees need a lot of water.
5: I guess, that's, I guess that's my biggest problem, that yeah. I'm not watering
2: enough.
1: And the, the, the yeah. bigger
2: and older they are, the more water they need. Exactly. Uh-huh.
1: Now, okay. if, if your tree, of course, your lawn's not getting any bigger. Uh no. but, but the tree roots are probably filling up your entire lawn right now. And so when you water, you want to make sure you water at least everything underneath the canopy of the tree, every you know, all the shady areas, and uh-huh. then beyond if you can. Oh now let's say your tree is how tall are you supposed it is oh, i
5: don't know 40
1: feet 30 feet
5: at least, no 40 if not at
1: least all right let's pretend that that tree falls over uh-huh. and it's laying on the ground now uh-huh. and you go out to the tippy top of the tree that's how far the roots go out oh so we're talking if the tree's 40 feet tall the roots go out 40 feet oh and are we watering out at, there at most least, people aren't yeah yeah
5: Probably not
2: getting enough water then. Yeah, especially this, if they go underneath the, the road yeah. or a big driveway, uh-huh. things like that, where you
1: have no control over getting water under. And there's probably not any water there anyway.
2: Yeah. <coughs> so.
5: mm. Well, it probably goes under the sidewalk a little bit. There
1: well, yeah, I'm sure if, yeah, sure it does. Uh, yeah. But there's, you know, there's, there's little water under the sidewalk. Uh-huh. So anyway, um, what I'm trying to say is uh, as the tree gets older, as Keith said, you have to water more yeah I mean, just think about it. you know if we kept getting larger and larger with each passing year and, and the four sixty years old and now we're thirty feet tall, we would need to eat a lot of a lot of food for three meals a day.
6: <laughs>
5: That's true, <laughs> and
1: tree's no different
5: mm-hmm. okay, okay well, I'll give it more water. Can I ask you one more question? Sure, sure go ahead. Uh can you give your phone number a little bit more often my bridge bridge club doesn't seem to oh. get the number often <laughs>
6: Okay. <enough>. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> we will. Okay.
5: All righty. All right, and thank you very much for your help and I'll get out there and get some water on my tree. Thank
2: All right. you for calling Pat and thank you uh, for listening.
5: Okay, thank you.
1: And Bye-bye. this and this is for Pat's bridge partners. Our phone number is 303-477-2473. It's not a nice catchy number, unfor- unfortunately.
2: Yeah, we can't figure out a jingle for yeah.
1: it. Yeah, we, we, should, we should assign letters to all those numbers uh, and see if we can't come up with something. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, so don't, don't uh, be waiting
2: for us. Eat it, Joe's. Or yeah, we, like
1: <laughs> we, have to, we have to take a short break here. We'll be back with your garden questions real soon right here on Legends 810.
7: Well, hello, Mrs. Johnson. Nice to see you again. What's that you have in the bag?
8: It's it's my tomatoes. Just look at this. The bottom side of all the largest fruit is turning into a nasty brown color. It's gross. My family won't eat these. What am I going to do?
7: Okay, relax, Barbara. Your tomatoes have an easy-to-fix condition called blossom end rot, and you're right. It's nasty looking, but fortunately it's not a disease, just a mild calcium deficiency, which is usually brought on by letting your plants get too dry between waterings. So I'm going to recommend you start using this fertilome Yield Booster for tomatoes. This yield booster will supply the extra calcium your plants need to save the rest of your crop.
8: Is it easy to use? I don't want to have to mix anything.
7: You know, it couldn't be easier. Yield Booster comes pre-mixed in this handy trigger sprayer. All you have to do is spray the leaves and fruit weekly for at least three applications, and you'll have bigger, better tomatoes than ever before.
8: Oh, what a relief. Bill, you've made my day. Better give me two of those bottles of Fertilome Yield Booster. I have lots of tomato plants. Find Fertilome Yield Booster at your favorite independent Fertilome retailer, including Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, The Tree Farm in Longmont, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora, Jared's Nursery in Littleton. To find your closest dealer, go to www.fertilome.com.
0: It's like the difference between soft, gentle rain and a monsoon. That's how I compare the effect of a dram rain wand on plants to the heart blast of a typical spray nozzle attachment to your garden hose. Water flows through 400 tiny holes in the DRAM Rainwands soft shower nozzle to bathe and refresh your plants, not damage them or wash away soil. Its handy reach handle has a 60 degree bend and conveniently extends to more distant garden rows and hanging baskets. And there's a fingertip shutoff valve. No wonder professional growers in the greenhouses and nurseries use DRAM watering tools. Today there are imitators, but nothing matches the superior quality of the original invented over 50 years ago they're simply the best dram watering tools are available at tagawa gardens nick's gardens jared's garden center and lafayette florist and greenhouse
9: can i plant now almost as annoying as are we there yet at lafayette florist gift shop and garden center we have plenty of things to plant now Don't fret. We have the cure for your planting fever, whether you're a beginner or a seasoned professional. Let us help you select what plants work best for you. It's a great time to plant pansies, violas, snapdragons, and dianthus to color up your patio pots. Add some decorative kale, and you've got an early display that loves our cool spring temperatures. Want something perennial? Try columbine, our state flower. Other perennials like basket of gold, alyssum, and coral bells can start in your pots, then as it's done blooming, move them into the garden for next year's color. Stop by for cool weather vegetable starts, windowsill herbs, and frost covers in case of a late snowstorm. Browse through our indoor plant greenhouse for lots of foliage and blooming plants in all sizes and a great selection of pots. It's all about the adventure of finding plants. Brighten up your living environment with something green. Your premier flower and plant shop. Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center in the heart of Lafayette at 600 South Public Road. For more information, call us at 303-665-5555 or visit us online at lafayetteflorist.com. Call into
0: the Fix-It Show with your questions about your home, Saturday morning at 9.30. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix-It Show, helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions. They have answers. Call into the Fix-It Show every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 on Legends.
1: And we are back here on the Garden Wide Show on Legends 810-K-L-V-Z-A-M. Indeed. On this date in 1851, the window tax was abolished in Britain. Did you know you have to pay tax in Britain for windows? No way. Yeah, man. Yep. That's unique. In 1830, no, 1934, the first ptarmigan was hatched and reared in captivity. It was catched? It was... (laughs) Hatched, I said. Oh, hatched. Listen to me.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> In Ithaca, New York. Ptarmigan, huh? A ptarmigan. What yes. kind of ptarmigan? Um, a northern tar- ptarmigan. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, oh, we had a
1: caller who was asking a question about a plant I guess I was talking about a canna.
2: Purple leaves, Purple red flowers. Purple leaves,
1: red flowers. Canna musifolia. You could call it banana leaved canna. That would work.
2: It's spelled M U S. As in Sam, M-U-S-I-F-O-L-I-A. I. Yes. Musifolia.
1: And I can, I can tell you, I think I got that online. I believe you did. I've never seen it for sale in a garden center. I haven't either. What, I, I'm thinking about taking some of mine out to Nixon, selling them to them. I bet you could. What do you think they'd go for? Uh, retail.
2: Five, six hundred bucks. Really? No. No. <laughs>
1: I'll be out there this morning.
2: <laughs> you can start some in the spring. I bet he'd well, buy some in like one-gallon pots. Well, I
1: can't. There's just nothing to look at in the spring. It takes this long to get them up to this size if you're just going, you know, growing them the way I do.
2: Right, but I mean people people don't buy full-size geraniums no, in the spring. No, but either. I'm not sure
1: they would buy them knowing they would turn into these. This. Oh, trust
2: me, they will. Yeah. Huh. They will. Not a problem.
1: you going out there today? Yeah. Uh, you saw the you saw the pictures. <clears throat> oh, you might have them on. Are they on, on your phone? Yeah. Oh, show them. show okay. 'em Show them to the boys. <laughs> I will. And say, huh, how much would they pay Borland to bring those over
2: here? The full-sized ones? <laughs>
1: Well, I have four bigish ones. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. I'll ask them.
1: So maybe next year I'll go into production.
2: You should. You'll be rich. I know. All I w- right. I'd like to be rich. Uh, wouldn't we all? <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. Uh, we've got Jolene on the line waiting to talk to us uh, out in Denver about transplanting and other things. Good morning, Jolene. Good morning. What's going on?
10: Oh, um. Well, I transplanted my peonies. Uh, I've had, I had two, three big peony plants in the front yard, and then the ash tree got so tall and they got too shaded, so they weren't producing any flowers. Mm -hmm. I moved them, and each time I moved them, I end up having another peony there, so they've kind of been multiplying. But I moved some last year, and they're only like eight inches tall, and I'm thinking, oh, I bet you I planted them too deep. I think you did. Okay. So do I dig them <clears throat> up and then lift them or?
1: Yeah, Jim. Yeah, I think I would. Yep. I'm trying to think, would I do that now or I do it later in
2: the year? I think well, I'd do, do it. it. I'd probably Before. do it now. Do it now? Yeah.
10: Okay. I will do that.
2: And where the, where the green stems join the root system should be about an inch below ground, no more than that.
10: Okay, an inch below ground. Okay, I got it. Now, the next thing I need to know is... Um, I planted some asters in the front yard, and that faces west, and it's next to the sidewalk. I haven't had any problems with them. This is the third year. And now this year, all of the leaves are brown, but the stems are green. And I'm thinking maybe, the, you know, the, we had a frost um, late. I'm not sure, but I—I I don't know either that or it. It must be some sort of a disease.
2: When did they turn brown?
10: About a month ago.
2: A month ago, so not frost.
10: Yeah.
2: Hmm. And they, they haven't produced any more green leaves. No. In that month afterwards.
10: No, and they're—they're they're a good, um, you know, foot and a half tall now. And I was, they look sort of like, um, I'm going to walk out there, but they look sort of like they could get flowers. And I'm going, now, wait a minute. That can't be, that can't be right. Um, but they, uh, I had some planted further away, the main plant. Yeah, it's, the leaves are, are very brown, but the stems are green.
1: Um, have you fertilized them? no have you used salt on your
2: sidewalk No. how are they being watered
10: with sprinkler system and then usually in the very early spring i i do additional you know i'll give them a can of uh or a gallon or or so of water in addition to the sprinkler system which runs three times
11: a week
2: okay you, well, I think yeah. I'd go out there right now and stick my finger in the ground and see how moist they are. Brown foliage, to me, usually indicates a lack of moisture. Okay. And sure. I'm just wondering whether your sprinkler system has, is malfunctioning or something is going on with one of the heads that hits that area that's not getting the plant's good coverage.
10: Yeah, it's pretty dry.
2: Yeah, that's, that's what I'm worried about. Uh, turn your sprinkler system on for that zone and see what's going on. Uh, okay. It sounds to me like one of the heads isn't functioning properly.
10: Okay. Okay. Yeah, there's oak grass in front of it, and that's in, that's closest to the sprinkler head. Okay. So maybe the oak grass is blo- uh, blocking it. It
1: could be. It could be that. Yeah, it could be any number of things with a sprinkler head.
10: Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll double check that. And one final thing, and that is um, my farm is is in another state and it's in well it's in a drought. Mm -hmm. So what I did with my seventy year old evergreens is um of course you have all this underbrush growing. So I cut that off and I didn't dig it out but I cut it off. And then I I had the farmer who runs cattle bring me a couple bales of straw and I've got like six inches of straw underneath all of them to help prevent them from drying out. And uh, then I did deep root water, but I've got my water marked so I don't put it too deep in the ground.
2: Okay, good.
10: So, and it was really hard to put it in the ground.
2: Sure, if it's dry, (laughs) yeah.
10: And then once it ran for a minute or so, then all of a sudden it was laying on the ground. Yeah. It had softened it up. So, I'm really hoping I can keep them healthy. Um, it's a severe drought. I've never experienced. Um, usually in the morning, you can walk out on the grass, and there's, you know, your feet get wet.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
10: This Wh- year.
1: What part of the of the country are we talking about?
10: We're talking about North Dakota, about sixty miles from Canada.
1: Oh, okay. Um, ooh. and no, no. I, I'm assuming no irrigation for these things.
10: No, no, no irrigation. Um, I set up my own my own irrigation. For the new trees that I planted and some apples and some um, service berries, but that was with my own hose and a little timer thing that goes on and off. But these big trees, every once in a while they get about a half inch, um, but I don't think that the – in fact, the farmers are talking about maybe having to sell their cattle um, because – the hay is really bad, and they hadn't started haying, and, it, and it's almost the end of July. And I, when I was home, we always hayed, you know, in July. We had yeah,
1: yeah. I had- didn't, I, I didn't realize the the severe drought was up in that part of the country. Yeah,
10: um, it really
2: is. How do the trees look?
10: The trees look good. I was was happy <laughs> that they looked that good. Uh-huh. They are so they are so old, but I both times I've been home, I've I've deep root watered them.
2: I'm sure they appreciate that a great deal.
10: Well, it's nice because nothing goes above ground. You know, it always goes goes to where their roots are.
11: Mm-hmm. Like you
10: said um, you referred to that other lady. I, I, I've got a marking on it, um, like a couple three inches down or or more. I don't remember now, but um, it goes into the ground. But and this time when I watered him, I didn't have any trouble putting him into the ground like I did.
1: Yeah. What kind know? of what kind of trees are they?
10: There are um, a couple of blue spruces, ooh, and a couple of just plain old evergreens, a short-needled kind. No, no pines.
2: Pines, okay. Yeah, so
1: I'd pay. I, <coughs> I'd pay the closest attention to the blue spruce. That's okay. the one that's probably going to be using more water than the others. Okay. Okay. And and if you're going to do deep-root watering, you know, put it around the tree, but also move the. The, uh, the the device away from the tree too because yeah. the roots go out pretty far
10: okay yeah alright yeah because I, I um, I'm just hoping now because there was so much underbrush I thought well that's taking all the water so I put all this straw now I'm, I've got some more evergreens and I'm thinking gee I think I better do that too but that's hard work yeah <laughs> take the bale apart drag it over.
1: Oh it yeah, control. yeah.
10: So, but I, I'm sh- I'm sure it's going to help because you know even if it does ever start to rain, um, which I really hope it does. Yeah. But um, I I uh, then you know the water will stay underneath and at least you know prevent any prevent the water from running off and being fed by something else. Yeah.
1: How often do you get up there?
10: I've been going every. Once a month. Okay. Once a month for two weeks. I, <clears throat> the drive is so long that I yeah. I can't just go up there and come back and I'm about.
1: Well, two weeks should be long enough to give them sufficient water to, to make it through to the next month. Yeah. Yeah, that, but you're going to be spending a lot of time, physical time, just out there doing it.
2: Now, is there a reason that you're using a deep root waterer instead of just setting a sprinkler out there and letting it run?
10: Yeah, I just, because I it's so dry i i'm just sure that it would just 90% of it would evaporate and um i'm if there's a lawn there but it's all brown yeah have never heard a brown, uh, a a lawn cr- crunch when you walk
2: yeah. oh my goodness
10: the lawn up there is crunching so i thought i don't really want to water the lawn although i have nice little circles where <laughs> Where, where now the water is uh, the lawn is green where I was deep watering. Well sure.
1: then, yeah, yeah, you know it's working then. Yeah, yeah,
10: yeah, but yeah, I, I, every time I go up, I, I deep water. It takes me a good day and day and a half. Oh,
1: I would think so. Yes, yes. Oh. That, that's why I mentioned that you're going to be spending some of your time up there doing nothing but watering.
10: Yeah, and that's what I have
11: been doing.
1: But yeah. I wouldn't hesitate using a frog eye up there. Just put that out there. And okay, and set the and turn the water on, and make sure the water isn't coming on so strong that a lot of it's just blowing off into the wind.
5: No, uh. Uh-uh.
1: Um, okay. And just let it sit there and run for at least two hours. Okay. On on one side of the tree, for instance, and then move it to another side and let it run for two hours there. Okay. Now, yeah. yes, a lot you know, some of the water that's left once you're done watering is going to evaporate, sure, but the the majority of it's going to go into the soil.
10: Good, yeah. See, I, I know that, I, that so far they look good, but I'm afraid that, you know, this one year could yep. really...
2: Yeah. Like,
10: <clears throat> North Dakota always gets snow. They had none.
1: Really, none. How much water uh, in a year? How much precipitation do you get in a year up there, do you know?
10: No, I don't, but it's probably... It's more much more than here, typically. This is the first year I've gotten more rain here. Yeah. Than I do than I do on the farm. And
1: what kind of crops are being grown around the, around your ranch, your farm?
10: Wheat, uh, and he planted um, canola. And the canola was blooming when I was home.
1: Okay, that's pretty though, isn't it? When it's been
10: blooming? You know, when it's really pretty is when you drive when you're driving down the road, and you see one big field of flax, which is all blue, and right next to it. There's a yellow field of canola.
11: Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I, I witnessed that in, of all places, in England. They were growing lots and lots of canola out in the field, and the sun came out, and it was so bright, you could not look at it without uh, sunglasses. Wow.
11: Yeah, I can uh, believe it. was
1: amazing.
11: Yeah, so. so...
1: Well, anyway, that gives me an idea of what kind of precipitation you get up there. Uh, it doesn't sound like a lot of precipitation, but uh, if, it, if it grows wheat, um, you know, we're looking at... Well, what are we looking at over sixteen inches of precept a year or more?
10: I was thinking between sixteen and twenty
1: yeah yeah um
10: and and yeah, we've always grown uh my father grew um before all the canolas and the sunflowers and all that other stuff. He always uh grew oats barley and and uh spring wheat hard spring. okay
1: yeah the the grain crops, yeah, yep. Yep. grain crops, okay. Yeah, if he's growing spring wheat, then that means they're relying on winter, winter snows. Yes. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, that, okay. Well, I I wish you a lot of luck at that. Then let's hope we can get through this year, and maybe next year will be better.
10: I sure hope so. <laughs> it's very sad. I feel really bad for everybody. So, um, anyway, thank you so much for your help. I really do appreciate it, gentlemen. And have you bet. a wonderful day. All right. You Thanks do. For your you call. do as well. You're
2: welcome. Bye. All right. Let's go ahead and take our last break for the show, and then we'll come back and talk to Montalie about fertilizing the lawn. And are you ready in
1: there? He's ready in there. So we're going to take a little break and come back here on the Garden Wise Show on Legends 810 right after this.
12: The first Japanese beetles have been spotted. If you aren't into picking them off and putting in soapy water, Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden on West Bowles Avenue has products to attack these pretty bugs. In addition to synthetic products, you will find Beetle Gone and Grub Gone, which are biological controls for the beetles and the larva that will emerge from the eggs the beetles lay in your grass. Shipments of shrubs and beautiful perennials continue to arrive, as do shipments of houseplants and tillandsias. You'll find a nice selection of pots for those houseplants, succulents, and tillandsia. As temperatures sizzle, so do the discounts on their summer clearance items. In addition to everyday items, they've included some Easter, Halloween, and Christmas items. Sale does not include plant material. Jared's on West Bulls Avenue is in their 42nd year of serving the Southwest Metro area. Great products, reasonable prices, and a friendly, knowledgeable staff. Store hours are nine to six, Monday through Friday and nine to five weekends. Hope to see you soon.
13: Does your yard look a little peaked after that long hot summer or does your yard look okay? And you want to keep it that way. Now's the time to apply one of the most important applications of the year. fertilome lawn food plus iron. Lawn Food Plus Iron is a unique blend of fertilizers designed not to burn and to help your yard recover from the heat and stress of the summer. This special formula has an extra 3% iron for added greening power without adding extra mowings. Use the product the professionals use. Try Fertilome Lawn Food Plus Iron, available at your favorite independent Fertilome retailer, including Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, The Tree Farm in Longmont, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora, and Jared's Nursery in Littleton. To find your closest dealer, go to www.fertilome.com. And
1: we
2: are back, taking your phone calls right here on Legends 810. There you go. When we have Montalee waiting to talk to us about her lawn. Good morning, Montalee
11: good morning, and I, like you, have been looking at those menacing clouds each evening thinking, oh, going to get a dump of rain tonight? (laughs) (laughs) Ha! So, um, here I am. I I got delayed in fertilizing over the summer, so I put down fertilizer on the lawn about three and a half weeks ago, Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to get that dump of rain one of these nights, and I'm wondering, um, is it too soon to put down a fertilizer again.
2: How long has it been?
11: Three and a half weeks.
2: It's a little early. Rats. <laughs> You're chopping at the bit and
1: fertilized again?
11: Yeah. Oh. Well, you know, that rain's <laughs> going to hit one of these nights.
2: What did, you, what did you put down three weeks ago?
11: Oh, um, let's see. What is it? Comes in a big bag. Oh,
2: <laughs> oh that I narrows know. it down. <laughs> I know.
11: I knew you'd think that. <laughs> it's, um, it's it's a grow-rich,
2: it's a pro-rich, pro-rich fertilizer. Oh, pro-rich, okay. Yeah, that's, that's usually a, like a four or five-week feed. So, you know, oh. once you hit about four or five weeks, then you can go ahead and put it down.
11: So maybe next week I can put it down.
2: Okay, sure. all right, sure, sure. why not?
1: <laughs>
11: all right, okay. Now,
1: here's something else you can try monthly. Do you happen yep. to know any farmers?
11: No longer.
1: Uh, well, oh, <laughs> shoot. Maybe you can make that reconnection again. Have, them one, have one of them come in and plow up your lawn. Why? <laughs> because rain follows the plow.
2: Oh, jeez.
11: <laughs> <laughs> oh, your jokes on Saturday morning are getting worse and worse. Uh, Aren't they, though? <laughs> well, thanks for the joke and for the advice. And I'll talk to you next week. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Bye.
1: Bye-bye. They thought that once. Rain follows the plow? Yes. Go out there and, and plow up the west. And it's dry out there. Well, you plow it because everybody knows that rain follows
2: the plow. Yeah, yeah, that worked well. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Followed immediately with the dust bowl. Uh-huh. Uh, well, we tried. <clears throat> we try here. We try. We'll try anything. We can bring the rain in. Uh, I'm thinking about going home and breaking out my feathers and doing a dance. <coughs> yeah, like a fan dance. <laughs> See if that works. It'll work as well as anything else, I think. Probably not. <coughs> or hey. I get my smudge pot, smudge pot going.
2: I don't think that will help either.
1: Oh man! All right, I'm I'm at a loss. I have no, <laughs> I have nothing else.
2: <laughs> well, it feels like the monsoons are trying <coughs> to start, but they're really not working. Well, they're
1: actually, they're they're they are working, but they're just not making it. Up here or over here. Or a little too spotty for your yeah. for your uh for my yard. I can I can see yeah. out the window here that it did rain in the vicinity <coughs> vicinity of the studio because there's water sitting
2: on this parking garage still. I assume from yesterday's rain. I see the pond and out it, front there is full of water again. It was empty last week. Yeah, it was. It was
1: spitting water up in the air, too. Yeah. So I'm thinking about taking a couple five-gallon buckets out there and taking some home.
2: I'm going to water your, bana- your banana cans. My
1: banana. I do have a banana, by the way.
2: I do, too. Not doing as well this year as it has in other years.
1: I have a ba- a Baju banana. Oh. That was sent as a substitute for something in what I really wanted <laughs>
2: So did you put it in the ground or is it? In oh a no,
1: pie? no, God no! I <coughs> tried that once and killed it. Yeah, <coughs> or the winter killed it anyway.
2: Yeah. Well, and Susan Eppen heavily. Susan up in Louisville is the only one I know that's ever successfully wintered over a Bazou yeah, banana. As I mean, yeah. Here, you know. In
1: yeah,
2: this in this area.
1: <coughs> this locale, other parts of the country they they grow quite well. Thank you very much.
2: Supposedly they're hardy to five zone five, but.
1: Yeah, but that's only with lots and lots of mulch. Yeah. Planted right up again the south side of your house. Exactly. (laughs) And hopefully you have a basement that's heated. That's heated, yes. (laughs) And preferably a small glass
2: structure over top of it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why not? Why not? Hey, you know what I discovered? Hello. You know, I I grow a lot of stuff under lights. And they're T5 fluorescent lights. Yes. They're... My, my, my electric bill is, is growing because I keep adding more lights. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to go to solid state. Uh, I've, I've been looking at LEDs. Yes. And I've found that you can buy LED replacement tubes that go right into an old T5 fixture. Mm-hmm. They call them plug and play or something mm-hmm. like that. <coughs> Anywho, you don't have to change the fixtures. You don't have to change the ballasts. You just buy these tubes and plug them in, take out the old T5s, and you can convert over to LEDs, which will save about 60% of yeah, the energy yeah. compared to a T5. What color will they be? Um, you can <coughs> buy them in, in a variety of Kelvin designations. I like the 6,500 Ks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to buy a few. You can buy them in like a case of 24. And that, that won't go that far in my in my lighting situation but at least it'll give me a a a test a trial to see if the plants respond well so far the leds i've been using on a few plants that i don't really care that much about have done well Mm -hmm. (coughs) so we'll see what happens
1: and i I just gave you a magazine (coughs) or i don't even know what i call it here kind of like a technical bulletin a technical bulletin that came out of a trade magazine and it's about LEDs and growing <coughs> – and and experiments, people, have, are growing plugs in this case. Yeah. Uh, annuals for the most part. But it should work for you know, lettuce and, I assume, orchids as well.
2: Well, the hard thing is that there's a whole different vocabulary <coughs> as oh, far yeah. as measuring light and, yes. and so forth with LEDs. In fact, they've gone – I guess for any light situation now, they've gone away from foot candles, which is what I'm used to. Yeah and and gone to <coughs> all these different other words that I can't even remember right now, par values and mm-hmm. luxes. and <coughs> Oh, luxes, no, we're not using that anymore. We're not using luxes no, anymore? No,
1: okay. par. Uh, photosynthetic active radiation. Okay. With within certain wavelengths that uh-huh. you're measuring things now. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm still used to
2: watts. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> well, that measures <laughs> the energy usage.
1: Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Not so much the light intensity. I'm trying to see see if I can remember. It's micromoles per centimeter per second squared.
2: Yeah, (coughs) that makes perfect sense.
1: (laughs) I know. And, of course, they they have devices that will measure that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there's all kinds of crazy. Because once you
1: get into wavelengths of light instead of (coughs) white light like uh, T5s and, and the old incandescent and fluorescent. Now you've got to start <coughs> bunking
2: around with a different measurement. Yeah, you do. Yeah, the wattage doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah, these, these coleus were <laughs> grown under photosynthetic photon flux density. Yes. <laughs> and if you look at most— <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> well, it, 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 it <laughs> explains it in there.
1: Um, and their associated
2: are correlation coefficients.
1: Yeah, they're growing everything in there under red, far red, and a little bit of blue light. Yeah. No other colors.
2: Now, does it make sense to you that plants that have evolved over millions and millions of years under the same sun that we have now, essentially, <laughs> yes. with the same <coughs> wavelengths, mm-hmm. have only paid attention to two wavelengths? Yeah, that, yeah. that doesn't By make any large. sense to me.
1: Yeah, By and large, yeah. I mean, they, they use the other ones, but not nearly as efficiently as they use the, the red and the... Why? I want to know why. I, I think it's a good question.
2: I don't have a good answer. I don't have an answer at all. It seems to me plants would evolve <clears throat> to produce, to, to do their growth, to produce their energy, what have you, in the most efficient way possible. Well, you'd think. But then, you know, animals well, are that way. So you'd use the entire spectrum of light would think in so. some way. but You know, some
1: animals can see in other wavelengths that we can't.
2: Yeah. And I guess cows just eat grass, right? <laughs>
1: that should be one that should be one of the garden wise wise advices (laughs) cows just eat grass (laughs) yeah why why didn't they evolve to eat trees and and rocks (laughs) because there's a lot more of that that's right (laughs) oh dear we obviously don't have any callers yet that's why we're we're doing what we're doing here. Uh, the calling call-in number is 303-477-2473. And because we took our last break really early, now we're stuck. It's
2: your fault. Mm, ten minutes. <laughs> we can talk for more than ten minutes. I have no doubt about that. Uh, but uh, a caller earlier was asking whether it's too late, you know, whether to wait until fall to plant things and my initial response and my <clears throat> my gut reaction is no it's not too hot it's you don't have to wait till fall to plant fall is a great time for planting but so is right now well think about it a second the plant
1: you're going to buy is right now sitting in the garden center mm-hmm. and let's just say a five gallon container yeah it's sitting out there in the sun the roots are above the ground Don't you think that plant would
2: rather be in the ground? I would think so. It doesn't want to wait until October for somebody to buy it. It
1: stays alive all summer long in those conditions above the ground. Exactly.
2: Why wouldn't it do better in the ground in your garden right now? Exactly. And I'd rather plant it now than in September because that gives it two more months, well, one more month of rooting time to get established before winter.
1: So... To answer your question, is it too late to plant? No. No. Not at all. Although when I was growing up
2: it was. Oh yeah. Well when you and I were growing up <laughs> to to, move, to to plant something you had to dig it up from somewhere else. Yeah. It was not already dug for you. No. Or grown in a container. Well if it for was a container, it was in a metal container. Yeah.
1: A metal five or gallon wood. container. Now you needed a special device to get that out of there. <laughs> yeah. A can opener? No. You'd have to have a the giant industrial-strength can opener to get the plant out of the can. what they call
2: those things? And that's when they were cans, by the way.
1: Yeah. We still uh, refer recycled. to them as cans. But,
2: um, yeah. A lot of them were recycled from food.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: big old five-gallon... Food containers, food for, containers for, yeah. for restaurants and stuff. I yeah. remember those. And then you... would You'd have a slicer, a can a can cutter. Yep. Can cutter, that's what it was called. And if you weren't wearing gloves, oh. you're in a world of hurt, buddy. You had to, before you sent it home with the customer, you'd have to slice that can down both sides yeah, so that they could get the plant out of the can when they got home. And then if you were, if you were a good nursery, you'd tie that can back together <laughs> so that it could make the trip home. Yeah. And don't you dare put it on the upholstery of the car seat. <laughs> no. No, unless you want to reupholster that car. And you advise
1: the the planter to be wearing gloves because the, the edges of those cans are sharp. razor sharp yeah. I had cut my hand many a time. Oh, <laughs> well they'll cut
2: right through gloves too I if know, you even, yeah. if you're not careful. That's right. That's right. That was those were the bad old days. There's nothing good about that. <laughs> no, there wasn't. And then you had this <laughs> dang empty metal can when you're done. What do you do with that? I know. And when you bought other plants like from the nurse or from the garden
1: center. They were all in clay pots.
2: <laughs> yes. Well, I remember wooden flats with with, uh, with uh, paper separators. Yeah. Or or, or newspapers. They dig them up and, and we fold the thing into a pot shape and put yeah. plants in. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Our
1: separators were made of uh, roofing felt.
2: Roofing felt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Those were the good old. So days. We're, we're we're dating ourselves. Yeah. We sure are. Okay. Fierce. Now
1: we have people calling in. That's right.
2: So let's go and talk to Charlotte. <laughs> About a pond. Good morning, Charlotte.
5: Good morning. I want to thank you guys very much for all of your great information. We've learned a lot over the few years we've
2: been listening. Oh, well, great. We're glad you've been a, a long time listener.
5: We've enjoyed it. But I do have a question. We have a pond feature at our church that is in need of some expert help. Um, the, evidently, the pond, we don't know much about this. Uh, The pond feature will hold some water, but then after it runs for a while, (coughs) the water disappears. And then, of course, at the bottom, it has quite a stench uh, because it hasn't been used. And we've asked a couple people uh, about recommendations, and they have no favorable recommendations. And I know this hasn't been recent, but I don't know if it was last year you had a really good name to recommend for a person to work on ponds and waterfall features.
2: I do. I do have a guy that is phenomenal. Um, he has asked me not to give his phone number over the air. Okay. Because he's, he's pretty busy <laughs> well, already. I can imagine. <laughs> so what I'm going to ask you to do is to um, give your phone number to Sean, our producer, and I will call you back off the air with that information.
5: Thank you. I would appreciate that very, very much.
2: Absolutely, Charlotte. I'm happy to do it.
5: Thank you again. Uh huh. We enjoy your program.
2: Okay. Well, thank Bye you.
5: Bye
2: now. All right. So that will take care of that. And in the meantime, I guess the next one up is is Rose out in Littleton. Good morning, Rose.
6: Good morning. Um, thank you for being on the air. I just love you guys.
2: Well, thanks for listening.
6: Um, let me ask you this. I planted tomato plants in those black bags. Have you seen those?
2: Oh, you know, the yes. They're kind of a fabric sort of thing. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Smart and pots, I think, is what they call them, or grow bags.
6: Fan, they're fantastic. I have a ton of tomatoes, but I have to keep moving them into the shade because... In the sun, in this heat, they just start wilting. No matter how much water I give them. Okay. So I just brought them out to be in the sun right now because we don't have heat. Uh, how long does it take? This silly question for the tomatoes to turn red.
1: It depends on the on the variety of tomato. What the variety do you happen to know?
6: I one <laughs> of them is a cherry tomato. It's a yellow, and then the other one is a I think bee steak. I'm not really sure.
1: Well, here's the way this goes. The smaller the tomato, the quicker they ripen from uh-huh. a green tomato. Right. The bigger tomatoes take a long time. Okay. And and often our season is just flat out not long enough for that. Okay. So, you can expect your yellow cherry type tomatoes to to ripen up first. Um are uh, are they of size right now but green? Yes. I would They're say, you know, another week or two or so. Okay. And and the beefsteak, yeah, I beefsteak I would protect it and bring it in and out until I don't know Christmas. <laughs>
2: <laughs> how big how big are these grow bags?
6: Um they're pretty big, maybe 18 no, maybe 18 inches diameter.
2: Wow, that should be plenty big Yeah, yeah
6: I just have to keep moving them into the shade because uh the sun is just too hot for them. Uh, wow. They start wilting and when I move them in I think well how much Gonna, they, don't, they get some sun, but very little. When <clears to where throat>
1: when you do water, do, it, does water come out the bottom of the bag? Yes. Okay.
2: Right away, or does it take a little while?
6: Well, um, I think pretty much right away. I, I water them really thoroughly. Yeah. I have a ton of tomatoes growing right now. Good, <coughs> good. But, um, well, it's just, just going to be a
2: matter of it's just going to be a matter of time and patience.
6: Okay. That's all I wanted to know. All righty. Thanks so much. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bye-bye.
2: Well, that music indicates
1: that we have to wrap it up here for the two hours we spent on the air. I hope we've answered some of your questions. And if not, why? We're going to be around next week. So save them up. Write them down. Put them right beside your phone so they don't go away anywhere. Uh, everybody out there, thank you for listening and especially those who participated in the show. And remember, as always, keep that shovel sharp and be careful where you dibble. We'll be back next weekend right here on Legends 8, 10 a.m. And if you missed it today, we're going to be again on this uh, radio station Sunday, tomorrow, 6 to 8 p.m. So see you next week.
13: The preceding program is sponsored by JK Communications.